Hello everyone. You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, we provide reliable exosome-related services and products to clients around the world. Our services cover all aspects of exosome isolation and purification, identification, antibody and engineering. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. As a sharing guest, Dr. Hofstadter came to our program today as promised. Let's welcome Dr. Hofstadter with warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Hofstadter? Good evening everyone, good evening Connie. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your invitation, I'm very excited to be here. So in previous episodes, we learned a lot about exosomal RNA basics, including an overview of research in recent decades, the biological function of exosomal shuttle RNAs, and their potential for disease treatment. Overall, exosomes have been shown to be an important pathway for cell-to-cell communication. By delivering functional RNA, they fundamentally affect the biological function of recipient cells. I believe our journey of understanding the capabilities and possibilities of exosomal shuttle RNAs is just beginning. And Dr. Hofstadter will lead us to explore all aspects of exosomes in more depth in future shows. So what have you prepared for us today, Dr. Hofstadter? Well, I would like to introduce another type of ingredient contained in the exosome, that is, exosomal lipids. First, we need to know that there are membrane fusion steps in exosome-mediated intercellular communication, which involves lipid molecules. Exosomes released by cells can be captured and internalized by other cells. Subsequently, these exosomes can participate in intercellular signaling, through a large number of protein and lipid subsets they contain. What methods or tools do recipient cells use to capture released exosomes? Exosomes generally contain peripheral proteins or heat shock proteins. These proteins can interact with some receptor molecules on the surface of target cells. In general, a variety of proteins are involved in the recognition of exosomes by target cells. Let me give you an example. CD91, a kind of receptor molecule, belongs to the low-density lipoprotein receptor-associated protein receptor family. It can mediate further endocytosis of exosomes. By the way, the involvement of this receptor also regulates some pathways of cellular lipid metabolism, such as phospholipase A2 activity and cholesterol efflux through the ABCA1 transporter. So, how does the lipid composition of exosomes play a role in intercellular communication? Well, we should first know an important lipid, phosphatidylserine. In general, there is an asymmetry in the membrane formed by lipid molecules. This results in the distribution of phosphatidylserine on the outer surface of exosomes. Phosphatidylserine interacts with a receptor, let's say, TIM4, so exosomes can metabolize and accumulate cholesterol in recipient cells. Okay. As far as I know, exosomes are also rich in lysophosphatidylcholine. Does it also play a role in intercellular communication? You have a point. Lysophosphatidylcholine can bind with IgM immunoglobulin around apoptotic cells, so that exosomes can be absorbed by these cells and eliminated during the degradation of apoptotic cells. 
Lysophosphate adilkaline mediated exosome uptake explains the clearance of exosomes from the circulating network. In contrast, immunoactive exosomes can stay in lymph nodes for several weeks. Their content in lysophosphate adilkaline may be conducive to the maturation of dendritic cells and antigen presentation. Oh, I see. These all indicate that lipid molecules are involved in the communication between exosome-releasing cells and other cells. But I was wondering what processes are involved in exosomal membrane lipids and their interaction with target cells. Great question. I think exosome-mediated cell-to-cell -cell communication involves three different processes on target cells. First, exosomes remain on the cell surface by binding to protein molecular receptors. Second, exosomes fuse with the plasma membrane of target cells through the interaction between membrane lipids. And third, exosomes are internalized by three endocytic processes, including receptor-mediated endocytosis, phagocytosis, or macropinocytosis. Thanks, Dr. Hofstadter. And about these three parts you mentioned, what are the key points worth discussing? For example, in the first part, under what conditions can exosomes remain on the surface of target cells? That's a great point to start, Connie. In order to remain around the target cell and cover the cell surface, the exosomes must not fuse with the cell membrane. This is consistent with the observation that the lipid phase of exosomes is more rigid than the typical plasma membrane, I think, at least at neutral pH. Alright. But why is the exosome membrane more rigid than the ordinary plasma membrane? Is it the result of a special component proportion? Yes, you've guessed it. The contents of sphingomyelin, cholesterol, and saturated fatty acids in the exosome membrane are very high. I mean, that's why the exosomal membrane is rigid, whether in free form or in combination with phospholipids. For example, about 20% of the major phospholipids in mast cell exosomes contain only palmitic acid and stearic acid. Both belong to long-chain saturated fatty acids which play a great role in increasing the rigidity of the membrane. I know a little about this, actually. These fatty acids are called saturated because they lack double bonds in their structure. This characteristic makes them less active than unsaturated fatty acids containing double bonds. So, Dr. Hofstadter, what would you say about the key factors for the fusion of exosome membrane and target cell membrane? Well, I would say, the fluidity of the lipid phase is the key factor for membrane fusion. Membrane fluidity refers to the mobility of membrane structural molecules, including the movement of membrane lipids and membrane proteins. At the starting point of fusion, proteins deviate from others, allowing the formation of large areas of lipid molecules. These molecules will cross, triggering membrane lipid mixing. And for membrane fusion, each membrane must exhibit similar fluidity. This was observed only when the exosomes were in an acidic pH environment, similar to late endosomes. Consistent with this observation, the fusion between exosomes and target cell membranes has been reported at the acidic pH of the tumor environment. Okay. And the third point you mentioned is the internalization of exosomes. Among these various ways of internalization, what is most worth mentioning? Among the receptors involved in exocrine endocytosis, T, 
Tim family receptors binding phosphatidylserine are involved in the uptake of exosomes produced by T cells by monocytes. This exosome uptake leads to the accumulation of cholesterol in monocytes and changes in cell phenotype. Great. Since there are many different relationships between exosomes and target cells, what determines what it should do? I guess you're talking about the fate of exosomes in target cells. I think it may depend on whether the exosomes cycle as a single entity or as aggregates. But in many cases, exosomes seem to accumulate in the form of aggregates. This is reminiscent of some retroviral tissues that sprout from cells to form a biofilm. Moreover, exosomes in human immunodeficiency virus are similar in size, and there are common steps in their biogenesis through the multivesicular body compartment. That makes sense. It is not difficult to imagine that, similar to retroviruses, exosome aggregation is conducive to their transmission. That is true. I think the formation of exosome aggregates may be the follow-up effect of calcium in physiological media. It can build a bridge between several anionic phospholipids of single exosomes, such as phosphatidylserine or phosphatidylic acid. Okay. That's all for this time. Thanks to Dr. Hofstadter for his wonderful science popularization. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting knowledge waiting for us in the next program. We'll be back with Dr. Hofstadter next Saturday to learn more about exosomes and their RNA. See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.